Off the ball on News Talk in association with the Air Sport app, allowing you to cast your favourite sporting action from your tablet or mobile phone straight to your TV. All right, you're very welcome back. 53106 is the text number this Friday evening, as ever. If you want to get in touch with us, we're turning our attention to rugby and we're saying Happy New Year to Brian O'Driscoll for the first time this year. How are you doing? Happy New Year, yeah. Pretty exciting team named by Leinster. I guess the the Larmer decision is the big one, really, because um, he's been named for the first time in the Champions Cup, but Rob Carney's fit and on the bench. So that's a big, big call. It is a big call. It's, it's a brave one because they still need to win. He's the last line of defence. Um, I think we've all been unbelievably impressed with what he's done over the last three weeks going forward. But, you know, of course, in a young lad like that, there remains huge questions about the other parts of his game. But there's no doubt there's a huge rawness to what he's doing, a, a huge ability. Yeah. Um, it's just, can you refine that a little bit? Not to, Don't take the spark away in attack, but refine the defensive side of things. And he made some errors, as young guys are going to do. And um, but but it's really interesting talking to a few of the guys in 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 the setup. They they say he he gets it, and I, I'm at a disadvantage now that I'm I'm so far out of the game that I'm talking about players that we only see on a Saturday. You don't get to train with them or you yeah. don't see them at training, and you get such a sense from someone from training with them. And what I hear about this guy is yes, he's very raw, but he picks things up very quickly. He's got an appetite to learn. He's he certainly isn't a know-it-all. Um, so it, it all augurs well for him developing really quickly. I look at guys, um, I looked at Gary Ringrose and I, I was lucky to train against him once or twice in Ireland setup in my final year and I could I could tell that he had something very different and that he was, re- he was going to be ready earlier. I didn't get that sense about Jordan with the rest of his game but it's nice to hear from you know, from pretty reputable sources within the Leinster setup that um that he really is going to be one for the future and that there probably is a chance of fast tracking him pretty quickly. Because we were all debating this pre Christmas. Um, you know, he'd do amazing things and we're like, Oh, is there any chance of, you know, getting in the squad for the Six Nations? That conversation seems to have changed from is there any chance of him playing in the Six Nations to is there any chance of him maybe starting a couple of games in the Six Nations? Yeah, like I've I've backtracked a small bit on something I said on social media that I, I don't think it's the right time for him to get in there. It's probably it's probably smart to put him in the squad from Joe Schmidt's perspective, even if he doesn't plan on playing him. Give him a little bit of time in there, um, surely within be in the, the environment. Standard squad, don't he? Yeah, and th- that might be enough at the moment. It's a big deal for any young player coming, you know, coming out of school. Was he was he in school last year? No, two, two years. Two ago? years. Two years, two years ago. So and then you see how he how he reacts in that environment in Carton House, training with all of these players. And he's been in Carton before. But this is in, as, a, in, in, as, as a, part of an as, official yeah. Six yeah. Nations squad where you're thinking, he'll think if he's in the 40, I have a chance. You also have to be a little bit careful too with, with young guys, particularly very young guys like, that, like this. Um, he is, you know, he's 20 now, but we all rem- remember Matthew Tate when he got capped for England at 19. And I don't think he ever properly recovered from that. Um, Henson ran over him a couple of times, smashed yeah. and put him back on his arse. And he, ha- he was this... this you know, shining light coming out of school, and you know, such high hopes for him. And I don't, I, f- I feel as though we didn't get to see the best of him mm. because he got such a confidence knock from that. So, um, as much as you want to sometimes throw guys in the deep end, you also want to protect them from themselves. Um, and you know, there's there is a big gulfing class between 
the Pro 14 and playing Six Nations rugby. And that's the reality that some people um, don't appreciate. That totally, yeah. It's a, it's a different world. I mean, this is his first European start. And we're talking about him potentially starting a Six Nations match in six weeks' time. Gone, gone are the are the situations. Or very few of them. Granted, James Ryan had one during the summer that he got capped before playing yeah. for for Leinster. Yeah, you know, what what happened to me in '99? Those situations are almost behind us. And even in James Ryan's case, it was a it was a second string Ireland team or a diluted Ireland team because of the Lions tour. So it wasn't quite the the, the same um, scenario as as maybe. You know, back in in the late nineties, where I don't think there was that level of depth that there is now, um. So you've to be, you've to tick boxes more often than not now. Young players coming out of of school, you know, play pro fourteen, play some Europe, do well, and then into camp, um, except for the the very very occasional one that is that just gets everything. Yeah, and I I don't think. Jordan gets everything yet. I think it's great to hear that he will and and pretty quickly, but I just it's time is on his side. Two quick points. The the most um exciting thing about what happened recently is that every time they asked him to step up, he he played really well and then he would get better and better. It was like you play one game and it goes well, okay, great, you've scored that amazing try. Can you back it up? Yes, you can. Your kicking game is good. Uh, your attack and kicking game is good the defensive stuff against Munster was also something so he scores that try but he also gets stepped at one point by Andrew Conway what happened in that instance? So We come to that in one second I, I agree with you the kicking I think the long kicking game needs improvement but his identification of space in behind and his ability to um, to to nudge through those little grubber kicks or the little chip kicks is very impressive yeah. that's someone that has vision uh, so that, that kind of excites me he looks as though with the longer kicking, it's not as natural. Um, I think you, you look at Luke Fitzgerald's and the Rob Carneys of the world, they look as though they, they have this fluid motion. I don't think you see that to the same degree yeah. in Larmer. I think someone like Conway is like Larmer, where it's a learned skill rather than a very natural <coughs> skill. We might forget that he's not been kicking the ball that long. Like yeah. He spent his school years in the centre. He was anchoring that St Andrews defence playing senior cup rugby. He hasn't been asked to kick from a back three position for that long. Just and to even, the back end of the academy yeah. and now playing pro 14 rugby. So at 20 years age, you'd think that's something that will improve very quickly. And it's a, it's a skill that you can improve yeah. on. Undoubtedly, you put time and effort Practice. into it yeah. and you know, you're given a bit of guidance from kicking coaches yeah. or from senior players within your setup. It's it's a, it's one of the parts of your game that you can absolutely grow pretty quickly. But on the defensive side of things, and it's the same to the same degree, you know, he played a lot of rugby at 13 now he's been thrown in at senior level at 15 he's on a steep learning curve but that Conway second try down in Thomond Park and I'm sure you know the likes of uh, Eason Asiwa and Gervin Dempsey and I hope Rob Carney even though he's going to be on the bench this weekend and it's, you know looks as though he's proper com- competition um, in, in Jordan is imparting his knowledge uh, and, and, and sharing that for the betterment of the, of the squad he that instance where he he found himself in a one-on-one situation he needs to be told that he, it, it's it goes against your your better your your better instinct to close that space it's a more comfortable situation if you back off but mm. you're in no position to be able to make a quality tackle by backing off he sort of opt- gave him both both opportunities of going on the outside and uh, and stepping him on the inside you've got to force their hand the opposition's hand you've got to force Conway's hand you close the space 
and then probably just offer the touchline and back yourself to make that tackle. It's a difficult thing to do and you'll get better with it with time. But as soon as you get square, you offer the inside and you can potentially offer the outside. So He's not going to get skinned. He's only going to get uh, caught if he falls off the tackle. And maybe he didn't back his tackle technique yet. But he, he's got to close that space. So the worst is, thing to do is to step off and allow Conway momentum and time to, to make his decision. And when does he make his decision? Or what, so he made the wrong decision by getting square. So at what point? He's like, this far out, he's got to make the decision to go and just... Well, for- well he has to identify James Lowe um, gets caught. You know, there's a bad read inside him and, and James Lowe gets caught in between two men. So ideally, he would have had a little bit more help cutting him a little bit of slack maybe he thought by by backing off he could have picked up a little bit of of the scramble defence um, I, I, I don't know you'd, you'd need to talk to him to understand what his thinking was in the situation but the more times he finds himself in, in those um, scenarios the more he'll realise this is my this this is the one of three options that I've got to choose I'm not going to get any scramble I've got to close that space and the great thing is he doesn't have to you know make a, a a, a impact where he's got to put the player down all he has to do is slow him up because yeah. that's where your scramble comes into it he needs to get a shot on Conway slow him down break his stride and then everyone else James Lowe can get back or the cover defence um, was it uh, Luke McGrath in that instance you know, covering behind the defensive line can get and, and, and finish off the tackle so he, the fact that he didn't get anything on him didn't allow the rest of his defence to help him out. And that's the bit that screws you. The other um, incident of an Ireland winger being um, stepped over the break that had a very negative impact on his standing amongst the fans was Stockdale a couple of times in the game against Leinster. And so uh, he went from being like, oh, this guy's a shoe in to start to like, ooh, his defence is no good. But just chatting earlier on, you don't think he's fully to blame for everything that happened there. Some of the responsibility on that is on his uh, midfield partnership. Definitely. Um, and And... Defense, backline defense is about is about being a, a unit, and it starts with ten. You know, if you have a selfish ten that charges up and and says, "Oh, I had my man," the knock on effect um, is is massively um, escalated by the time you get out to the wing, because then twelve has to do an extra bit of a job inside. Likewise, thirteen, yeah, and then you get exposed on the extremity. I think. Um, yeah, Leila Fano, um, McCluskey and, and Cave don't look as though they're defending as a unit. I think Cave made some really poor decisions that left Trimble and Stockdale in a bad spot on a few occasions. Uh, he obviously got brushed off on that um, Andrew Porter um, break. Um, Killed. And, and it's, you know, it's a hard one because Cave should have made a, a better fist of things and then Stockdale still has men outside and, he, and then he's on the back foot. And yeah. to, to my point about... Um, about uh, Larmer when you're backpedalling like that and you come across an absolute freak as, as Porter <laughs> appears to be and, and he's looking to swat you away yeah. the, all the momentum is with him yeah. you've got to this, you know, Stockdale's not a small man but against a bigger man like that you've got to find yourself in an aggressive tackling position not, not backpedalling to, to step up though isn't it and again he's, an, he's, he's, that he's, a very, he's a very young guy where he won't have found himself in that position a million times. And you'll learn more. You, you, you do need to sometimes fall flat on your face. 
to realize I can't have that again. That was embarrassing. Yeah. I, can't, I, I can't allow that to happen. So I'm going to take control of this situation next time out. If someone inside me doesn't help me out, well, I'm going to solve the problem myself. How concerned is Joe Schmidt about seeing those tackles? Or does he just go, look, I mean, when you're playing for Ireland, you'll have Robbie Henshaw forcing you out and it'll be fine. That's not going to happen again. That will have such a huge bearing on um, on the confidence of, of a Stockdale. Um, yeah, if, if Robbie or Gary or Bundy, whoever it is playing at, uh, in, in that, um, or even Chris Farrell playing in that 12-13 uh, combination, you, you can be sure that they won't. We talk so much about the, the, the job and a half rather than just looking after yeah. your man. You've got to plug that inside as well. I always said to my winger, um, anytime we were drifting, I said, don't you ever worry about the tackle back inside your inside shoulder. You only have to worry about getting burnt on the outside. If anything comes back in, if you can get a shot on it, great. If you can't, not the end of the world because I, I finished that off. Yeah. And it's about that hunting on the inside. And you only get that from good defence from 10 and then the knock-on effect. And looking at Bundy and, and Gary and um, and Robbie at 12, they're, they've got an appetite for working hard for their outside backs. And I think Gary, likewise, he's able to make reads off the off the likes of uh, Robbie uh, and his really good defence and Johnny's good defence and willingness to push. Um, and I think the knock-on effect is that as a winger, you, it's a much clearer picture earlier to find out who you have, who's your man going to be, and you don't get caught in limbo as I think you know Trimble and and Stockdale were uh, in that Leinster uh, Ulster game. So you wouldn't worry too much about what happened to Stockdale from an Ireland perspective, like. No, he's he's a big guy, and um, I'm sure Joe Schmidt will have had a word with him, and you know picked out a number of clips that you know he'll need to improve on. The Fergus McFadden one, you know, wasn't a great effort. Um, I think you know, he'll say that he slipped, but he didn't get himself into a good position. Again, you don't offer both sides. You you got to force the touchline. Yeah. And um, when you know that you're the last man to defend, you've got to use that touchline as your as your secondary defender. You give get two square. You're offering both sides, and and any good winger will step back on that inside. The harder try is to go on the outside. You got to force them there and try and use that touchline as your second defender. We uh, we started the Jordan Larmer discussion by saying that it's a really big call that Carney's on the bench. But is it really though? Is Rob Carney not watching from the bench, knowing that he's going to start in Montpellier, which will be the far more difficult of the two games and because it's the game with closest proximity to Paris, Rob Carney will know that if he starts in Montpellier and plays well, that he has that jersey. He doesn't need to worry about Jordan Larber for a number of reasons, lack of experience, <coughs> his age, and the fact that Carney's the man in possession and he'll have played against Montpellier. Well, Jordan Larmer's the man in possession of this jersey now, right? So very, very difficult. He's to, unlikely to, to play him very, in both very, games. Very, very what he does Sunday, surely. No, very difficult to drop him if he has a solid attacking game and defensively he's very good makes some really good reads his kicking game is spot on he works well with the pendulum of his two wingers his, his chat is good um, so you know I, I, I think what's great about this selection is that it rattles Rob Carney uh, which is always good any player that has 70 caps and you know thinks that it's a, a sure thing um, to find themselves sitting on a bench, he will be rattled this week. And if he gets his opportunity, he can be sure that he, he'll uh, be looking to improve his performance by 10 or 15%. But what it does do is it shows the guys on the periphery, on the fringe, that if they play well enough, they get selected in yeah. big games. Yeah. And I think that's always a really important factor to keep within any squad for competitiveness and for um, 
for players appreciating that hard work does come to fruition. It's a revolution too. Keen Healy's been dropped from being like one of the best players in his position in the world pre-Christmas to the getting banned to like suddenly being out of the team. It's like that's an amazing thing to inject into again, his squad. Is he, right? also, is he dropped? Though? No, but that's also do you know what? That's a lesson to Keen too. You know, again, it's guy in possession. That that is serving an extra ban on top of the band that that um, he served um, handed out to him. That's the coaching staff going. That isn't acceptable yeah. for you to do that. You can't just come. It's a very bad message for him to come off a ban and go straight back into the team. Really bad message, particularly an idiotic um, charge that you know headbutt or, or shoulder charge as it was. Yeah, it was it was really foolish. He knows it too, and so you. I think it is smart from Leo. Um, to, to bench him. Jack McGrath's actually played well in the time that he's had off. And that's the thing. You, you get into the team for, for a variety of different reasons, be it your first provincial game or, um, or if you've had a period out of the team, you'd need to wait for an injury or a suspension. And then when you get your opportunity, the guy in possession. And, and Jack has been good. He's captained the team a couple of times in those victories as well. Big win down in Munster yeah. uh, against Ulster at the weekend. So there are some big wins, big performances. And when you're having a solid game yourself, very hard not to include you when it, when it comes to uh, the biggest games. Just a, a quick word in the back three, right? I think this might be the first time that I can remember that everybody's fit, like in, in an Ireland perspective. Um, so... The Munster back three is Conway at 14, Earls at 11, Zebo at full back. Uh, even Ulster have um, Craig Gilroy on the wing and like, I, you don't know if any of those, the rest of those Ulster lads Stockdale, Stockdale obviously. Utah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, and now Rob Carney's on the bench. <clears throat> Who's your back three picking now for the France game? God, that's a very good question. Um, my pick or Joe's pick? You, your pick. My pick. I think... Personally, I still think the guy that's playing the best uh, rugby at fullback in Ireland at the moment, um, all round game is Simon Zebo. Um, so I, I, I think to discount him for the World Cup would be biting your nose off to spite your face. Um, I think Rob Carney has, hasn't done a huge amount wrong, but I think Zebo and attack offers um, a little bit more. Um, I think I'd have, um, I'd have Stockdale on one wing. And I probably have Keith Earls judging on his performance yeah. um, last weekend in particular. He, you know, he looked he looked a guy um, that had been out for a while for the first 30, 40, 50 minutes, and, and then boom. he just sparked into life. Yeah. And he has, you know, he's 30, 31 now, and he doesn't look as though he's lost a yard. No. He looks so lean, powerful. You know, he's, he's still he has a good skill set, and I think. He's a great man for picking up easy tries. God, he scores so many run-ins, but you got to be there to do it. Yeah. you got to find yourself in the right positions. So Joe's back three differs because he doesn't pick Zebo and puts Carney in instead. Yeah. And he has Stockdale and Earls, I think. Yeah, I think that's what it will be. And that's purely on form. I think Rob Carney's not done a huge amount wrong this year. He's been solid. Yeah. But I think, um, you know, when you're looking for all-out flair and... Um, and people on you know on the top of their game. I'm I'm a big Simon Zebo fan. I think he's been, uh, I think he's been very good for them over that period yeah. where you know he's he's made it as an announcement. There hasn't been any dip in form. Oh, he's been great. Um. So, um, yeah. Like I, I think Zebo's probably going to find himself on the extremities again. Um. Really, he he is very short on options. 
Joe Schmidt when it comes to fullback. Well, Joey Carberry's back in the mix now as well. Jordan Whether, Armour. Jordan. Well, <laughs> that, no, but really Jordan though, in, in, yeah. in reality, he has one guy. No, he's got Tiernan O'Halloran. You, you, a See, lot of people in Connacht would disagree with you there. A lot right? would, but Joe Schmidt wouldn't. Like, no, my but, point yeah, but are is you that picking you, from I, your point of view, not Joe Schmidt's point of view? So are, are well, you my saying... point of view, Simon Zebo would start a fullback. Because I don't think there are enough options to just cast off an experienced international that's playing very good rugby and is, is probably, our, as you said, the best attacking option that we have. Now, you would think that Jordan Larmer will prove to be that character over the next year or two. But I think when Joe Schmidt's sitting down to assess who wears 15, he's thinking to himself, I actually don't have options. But do you it's think, only Rob you see, the, the really interesting thing now is that with Jordan Larmer coming on the scene, there's loads of time for him to get up to speed for the World Cup in 2019. People are panicking a bit about, oh, he's got to get experience, throw him in there now. Like, we're, we're still two Six Nations, a summer tour and a November series away from that. And he's... Yeah. And he's played very little rugby at this level. So there's plenty of time for a slower integration. You know, bring him on the summer tour in time. You know, three tests down in Australia, perfect opportunity. You know, away from the glare at home, of course, would be a huge focus. But to go down there and to get a cap would be a perfect situation for him to be tried on a, on a bigger level. I just think he needs to, as I said, he needs to tick the boxes of you know Pro 14 games. Yes, he's done everything that's been asked of him. Now at Europe, he needs to just have a super solid uh, all-round game and be as good in attack, ideally. Yeah. Um, he's scaring people. It's, it's, that's the thing. Funny. We I haven't mean... seen this for, for a long time where I would hate to be an older player defending against him. He looks like, explosive. You'd be scared of your life one-on-one because... He's he's got both feet. It's I, I think there's a strong possibility that he puts back to back two amazing games, and I think he can, can easily keep his position for the away game. And I think the clamor becomes so much, and Joe's curiosity becomes so much that he's like, I just want to put him in for a game and see how he does, you know, mm. in the I, Six Nations. I'd be astonished, no matter how well he plays Sunday. I'd be amazed if he starts Montpellier against their monstrous back three. The guys he's going to have to try and take down in Montpellier in a game that Leinster, like they're probably going to have to take something from, even if it's only a point, to secure a home quarter final. But he looks like a good tackler. There's a big difference between that defence that I was talking about uh, with Conway with backing off. That's the defensive. That's the positioning side of things. He looks as though he's as brave as you like and that he's willing to, to make his tackles provided he finds himself in the position to enact them. But if I pushed you into it, and if I was to guarantee you now that he's going to throw in an 8 out of 10 performance on Sunday and you had to pick the team that you think Cullen and um, Lancaster will pick on Sunday week, do you put Larmer into it? See if he gets an 8 out of 10, they win the game, they're going to be qualified. Still so they've So they've got, they've got a freebie on them. So that actually puts a different complexion on the, on the team that you go down there with and, and pick. You also have to look at what sort of condition the Montpellier pitch is in, uh, is, is in right mm. now. I'm not entirely sure. At that, this time of year, it can get pretty, um, pretty wet, you know, pretty cut up. So do you... M- put that into the mix into the equation as to when you're picking your fullback they also kick the ball quite a lot um, they they play they don't play a huge amount in, in their own half so do you put Carnes in there because he's better in the air there, there's no doubt I haven't seen Larmer that much but Carney's better in the air 
he's a better kicking long kicking game. So I think those factors come into it, not just how Jordan Larmer gets on this weekend. I, I hope for his sake I hope for his sake, I hope for Rob Carney's sake that he has a storming game because it'll bring the best out of Carney yeah. too. He's yeah, not yeah. he'll tell you he's not chopped liver yet. And everyone's writing him off and people are, oh eventually Rob Carney now is, his luck has run out. He he will tell you he's gonna be around for the World Cup in two thousand nineteen. When yeah. you said that oh, we haven't seen this for a long time, Christian Cullen was what I watched. Those two tries against Ulster and Munster, I'm thinking I haven't seen a fullback do that since Christian Cullen at his absolute best wearing 15 for the All Blacks. That Munster try was absolutely outrageous. It was so good. It was so good. And the time, the thing was, it was the timing of it. Like it was so, it was so badly needed. And they were on the rack and they're on the back foot, and they needed to change the momentum of it. And that was it. Yeah. He literally stuck his hand up. That's prop. That for me, that's leadership. Yeah. Being able to use your skill set. That's what I mean. That, like, how do you to go that? right? I'm here. I'm I'm ready to take it on. And then even can you, you know, stick him on the wing? Little, you can. Yeah, that's the other thing. So you 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 learn much quicker on the wing because there's less to do. We'll come back to him one second. But that that fend at the very end to get the ball away from Zebo to then get it down. You know, Zebo might get a hand slap in there and knock the ball out of his grasp because he's tiring at that stage. You can see he you know the parachute has come out and the head's going back. <laughs> And and he's uh, and he needs to make that transfer to get the ball down. He still have to fight on the ground to get it down. But um, but yeah, I, I play the wing. I think he can play in the wing. I think it is easier to learn from the wing because you don't. It's not. You've got one thing. Uh, to one, yeah, it's yeah. it's it's use your touchline. Yeah, use your touchline. And Austin Healy says it the whole time on on BT is the best defender in the world is the yeah. touchline yeah, yeah. never misses a tackle and it's so true you just have to work that as soon as you send someone back into open play you're bringing bringing that equation out of it yeah. and you're making someone having to make a tackle whereas I can manipulate someone out to encourage them on, on the outside and if I can enact a good tackle on them job done We've got to take a quick break. 53106, the text number. If you want to get in touch with us, you can uh, tweet us here at Off The Ball. We're talking about Munster and the various news lines coming from Munster. We'll preview their game as well. Leinster are going to win this game with a bonus point because Glasgow have picked a bad team. You'd think so. You'd think so. They'll Listen, Glasgow... The back they? line isn't the worst. There's plenty of experience in the back line. Um, Peter Horn and Ali Price, a lot of experience and they've both started a lot of games this season at halfback. It's up front where I think Lens are just going to dominate. They're very light in the back row. Matt's made an open size 21. Matt Fagerson's only 20. I think between them, they've 15 starts this season. And the bench, there's almost nothing on the bench, apart from Chris Fasaro, who's got a plenty of experience. But he's only started two games this season. Lens are going to take the five points from this. Just a question of how early they're in that position. All right, we should talk Munster. Before we talk about this game, we should talk about the story that uh, we were all talking about during the week, which was uh, Gerbrandt Grobler. Um, this became a news story this week and just to explain this to everybody asking why you didn't talk about this six months ago he's due to play he's, he's been named in the BNI uh, Cup team but this is really the first time that he's been fit to play in a competitive game um, he hasn't been selected for the squad and on the show during the week on OTBAM I was making the point that I'm very uneasy about this I don't think there's been any debate about it it was reported that he had a two year drugs ban for sure but there were no opinion pieces there was no columns there was no proper conversation about Munster deciding that they're going to be part of the rehabilitation of a player who has served a ban for two years for taking an anabolic steroid which is used in the treatment of breast cancer this isn't something you kind of oh I'm going to see what this pill is and take it mm, look at me I'm big at muscles also my breast cancer has gone like you know it's not an accident no, listen, I think it's very important to be clear, from my personal opinion, the differentiation between being caught 
using performance enhancing drugs and being caught using recreational drugs. Um, both foolish um, at any time, but as a professional athlete, really stupid. But it's inexcusable using a performance enhancing drug. And I think a two year ban uh, for anyone that uses an anabolic steroid is ridiculously short. Um, I wouldn't be against um, the encouragement of, of, an, of a lifetime ban because it's going to discourage people from that are thinking about making a small 10-15% gain from thinking twice about doing it. And it's, yes, you have young players making foolish calls and they see an opportunity where if unless they get 10 or 15% better, they're not going to have a career of it. But um, I, I, it's Munster's prerogative, but I, I too, I would be of the same thinking of you. I would f feel a bit uneasy about giving uh, that rehabilitation process an opportunity via my club with uh, a, a, a cheat, ultimately. Completely. That's it. He, he is a cheat. And like the, the reason that I felt so strongly about this was because we did a, a roadshow a couple of years ago with a bunch of Munster uh, rugby players. And afterwards, the conversation turned to Chili Boy Ralatelli, who'd just been serving a drugs ban. And one of the Munster players went, that guy's a cheat. And like he was really animated about it, just out of nothing. And I was like, well, if that's what the players felt about somebody else in that circumstance, then they must feel exactly the same about this guy. And now he's part of their legacy. Like their, the thing that they built was this like unbelievable brand that Munster has. It's kind of sickening if you're not from Munster about how amazing the brand was until you actually anybody else started to win. But like they, they built that on their own and they, they were guardians of that so spectacularly well. And now, for no particular reason, they've got a second row coming in who's like, well, actually, I was a cheat too. It does smear it. It does smear it. And I, th I think from a player perspective, it's a very difficult one because it's not your decision to bring this player in. OK. And now he's part of the squad. And you've so he is. So you have to embrace that. Yeah. And that's what professionalism is about, is dealing with circumstances that mightn't suit you perfectly. But that, do you know what, you have to get on with it because it's not your call to make it. It's the board or the management or... Um, you know, the chief executive or whoever the, is the decision makers in, on that process, that's left to them. You're, you're there to be um, a, a player first and foremost and obviously lead in the best manner that you possibly can. So I, 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 I don't think this is about... You, you can look at it in a couple of ways. I think from a, a, a bigger picture, it's unfortunate because you can be sure that some Munster players feel a little bit uneasy, but yeah. they can't let that be voiced or be known. But they, they will just have, have to get answer. on with it. The questions these months yeah, will, and it'll be, and, and I'll look forward, and, to, and I'll look forward to hearing what's said because it's it's a very difficult one mm. for you. If it was, if it was so me yes, as a player with Leinster, Murray, what are your thoughts on having it? a dr convicted drugs cheat in as one of your team? Well, do you know what his line <laughs> will be? Well, he served his ban, he made an error, he said that, and do you know what? Everyone deserves a second opportunity. That will be the, yeah, the line. No that doubt, will, that will I can have been spoken that about. Yeah. That'll, All the players, in particular the younger players, will be told exactly what they have to say if that mm. question comes up. But yeah, still you an won't, awkward one. You won't there. get a sense of what the people truly no. believe. You won't. I don't because, think so. but, and I, but I, I get that they have to. You have to have a party line with that. You can't have. I get that Johan van Graan has to have a party line too, because this is not a shit show of his making. This was one that he has been handed onto his plate, and he like second or third press conference ahead of these big games. He's like, so what about this guy over here's a drug sheet? And he's like, what? Okay, I need to think about this one. Mm. Uh, so he right the way up this. The chief executive you know, like, of Munster is ultimately responsible for, for standing and, over this. But Munster are funded partly and owned by the RFU. Like David Nisifora had to sign off on this. So the questions go right to the very sure. top here. There's 
there would be an argument that is thrown out during the week. Well, look, if Munster didn't go for a maybe a top 14 side or a premiership Let side, might have go gone for, him. Go for it. But that's their prerogative. And that's that's their privately culture. owned. There's an individual that's at the helm of that who is probably in the business of making money and can pretty much do whatever he or she wants when it comes to signing players for their club. But the Munster brand is all encompassing in this country. It goes right to the very top of the RFU. It goes deep into the psyche of the six counties down in Munster. And there has to be an awful lot of perturbed feelings amongst the fans that they are now going to be watching convicted drug sheet playing for them. Like, I'd love to sit here and, for the purposes of balance, like, have a row with the two of you about this, that I think, you know, he served his time, he did the crime, and now he should be allowed to get on with his career. He should be allowed to get on with it somewhere else, all, and not in Ireland. All, all overseas players have to be ratified by, by the IRFU. So you're right, you're right, it does go to the top. And, um, you know, Munster are not as um, fortuitous with their depth of second rows these days as they were in the past they've always it's always been a position that's been so good but there's got to be other players out there I mean Donica Ryan (laughs) he is Donica Ryan's replacement yeah like ultimately he is Donica Ryan's replacement well he's really he he cost a third of what Donica Ryan costs and that's ultimately he's Ty Burns replacement really maybe you know they I think there was a time where they thought Byrne was going to be there and available, ready to go. And then they realised Scarlets weren't letting him get out of their clutches until the end of the season. So they were kind of in a bind last summer. They had to get something done. And obviously we would have had this debate far earlier if Grobler hadn't picked up that injury that's prevented him from taking to the field to this point. But there had to be fairly average but grizzled second rows, probably of international standard at the previous time of their career, out there, whether also Australians. Fijians, there had to be somebody out there that you could just kind of weigh up the option to go, do we really want this on our plate? Or we just go what we believe to be the slightly lesser option talent-wise? Is he on a one-year con? He's gone at the end of the season. So, you know, there will be someone once who might have wished he was never fit enough to play at any stage this season. I mean, I wonder if that ultimately will be the solution, that there will be an Irish solution to this problem where... uh, Maybe oh he's he's fit he's just getting fit he's just just getting another run out just learning the calls just That's getting the back and then in the A team yeah the being in the A team yeah. yeah yeah so he's going to get to to wear the Munster jersey. jersey yeah 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 I think there was a preseason friendly where he might have played in that as well but like um, maybe you just don't actually make him part of it. my issue is that you're bringing a fox into the hen house like your kids your academy are looking and they can't make the they're not getting fast enough to putting on the weight that they're being asked to put on. And they're looking at that guy who's like, two years out. I take two years out. I come back. I don't I don't think that it's, I don't think it I don't encourages think, no. people to dope. No, I don't I think really it don't. does. I don't I think, think it does. Repercussions for it. That's the, that's not that it encourages them. It says I that the, the world that we live in has no repercussions for this. I think what it does do it, it what what does it say from a culture perspective, not from mm-hmm. an encouragement perspective, but with putting someone in a great environment like that, which is clearly has been a great environment for a long time, even through their stickier years, yeah. they've always been a tight team. And what it does to bring someone like that in, it, you know, can't have a positive impact. You know, I don't think players. Go, I, 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 I certainly wouldn't be a player, and I'm sure plenty would think likewise that two years. You serve your you serve your your um, your jail time and you get on with it. It's not a massive uh, barrier to somebody who might be wavering. Certainly, if you go, oh, actually, you know what, this is okay. Like, if injury is involved, but it might sway their mindset a little. If you know that you might get away with it because you're not going to be on the field, 
but and I think that partly played into Grobler's circumstances. Allegedly, though, I mean, who knows? Like he, he, he actually he copped to it straight away, so there was no hearing and there was no sense that actually who gave him the drugs, how did he get them, how many of his teammates knew about it, like what was the culture which made him think that this was okay? There's one or two friendly enough interviews that he's done with people where apparently he's a charming guy, and you know, fair enough. But like, I wouldn't expect to see him wheel down in front of the Irish media anytime we, soon. Sorry, just to clarify, we did put a request in to see if we could clarify things up with him. Um, Munster have said that he's concentrating on getting fit and is unavailable for interview at the moment. I should have stressed that we did actually put a request in so he could get his side of the story across, and Munster have decided that they don't want that to happen. So let's talk about the game because um, this. This is a massive, massive game for Munster, and uh, I like the Munster team. They're I love, I love the Munster backline in particular. Um, I think you look at um, at the quality of of that back three with Earls in there. You know, they looked as though they were in great shape with um, with Sweetenham, who got capped in November in good form. Yeah, wouldn't have been really good at Pro 14. He's, I think, is he top try scorer, joint top try scorer. Um, but seeing Earls back there last weekend and playing, you know, that explosive brand that only he can on top of um, Conway's brilliant finishing ability, on top of Zebo's quality play throughout the whole year. I love the look of that back three. Seeing Farrell back in there, you know, bolster things up, um, brings that real aggressive combative game that suits them so well. Um, and I, I just like the look. Keatley going well. Um, Murray playing some of the best rugby of his life, you know, on top of unbelievable rugby in the past yeah. so I just love the look of that back line Bar Tommy O'Donnell it's it's the best 15 that Munster could come up with so you could maybe make an argument that if he was fit and playing well that um, Blundell would start ahead of Ian Keatley but Ian Keatley's probably having his best season since going to Munster do you think Tommy O'Donnell's even picked now is, is, would, would is get in at 7 ahead of Clute? maybe not I, I don't but know I mean, he, he is now. an international class yeah. open side so at least there's a debate Clude's been very very good for them gosh he's, he's been, been so annoying the two games at, against at, Leicester at, he was at, superb at the Rook at the weekend too was this um so the Ulster game I was watching, yeah, he was just a nuisance at that. He has an incredibly low centre of gravity, and you know, he's he, if he doesn't pilfer ball, he's slowing it up, and that allows them to have this brilliant defensive system that they've worked on for the last couple of years at its best. You know, slow ruck ball, four or five second rucks means they're f- flying off mm. the line and they're going to cause you trouble. Niall Scannell as well, obviously, if he was fit, he'd probably be starting. So he's really maybe the only one that there's a huge debate over. But it's this. it looks like a really grizzled experience, 15. And that's exactly what they need this weekend. I think the circumstances are going to be so different, aren't they, from going there in that replay, rescheduled game after the death of Axel Foley on a horrible evening. We were at the game, you know, it was misty, foggy, freezing cold, terrible pitch. They're going to a stadium now that's brand new against a team that's going well. And is it an indoor stadium? It has a roof on it. Is it? Yeah. Is it? So it's and on a four G surface as well. Like it, the everything is completely different. You would think Racing are licking their lips at the prospect of getting some revenge on Munster because they've but been their bogey team for the last couple of group camp games. They've killed the Claremont yeah. to the sword last weekend as well. They absolutely knows it. It wasn't the same Claremont team, but they absolutely dismantled them, put fifty five or fifty eight points on them. So they've also picked a really good team. When you start to look through the names, you go, "Oh yeah, okay. Oh yeah, okay." So the back three, uh, they, they, um, the back row is Yannick Nyanga, Wenceslas Lorette, and uh, Leone Nakarawa. Nakarao is unbelievably good. King of the yeah, offloads. Eight, yeah. So <laughs> and like he doesn't it. get enough offloading at, at, at <laughs> second row, so they all into eight there as well. Uh, and Dunica Ryan's obviously has been picked for the team. Um, won all four games since since Dunica's come back from injury too. So um, saw the, the quotes that Peter O'Mahony was saying during um, during the week with with Jerry Thornley. Um, 
that he he's he was expected to carry a lot for them, whereas there's lots of ball carriers in that racing team, so he can just get he can just be industrious yeah. and get around and do lots of the grunt work, yeah. which he's only ha- too happy to do. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that's a lovely balance that they seem to be to be um, striking now. So. What do you expect? What's what's a, an acceptable result? Is like a losing bonus point. I mean, obviously they're not going to say that going out, but well, that would eliminate any chance of a home quarter final, really, if they don't win this game. They have to win out from here if they're going to be playing at Thomond Park in a quarter final. <clears throat> you know, pretty much that if they get to that point, they're going to be in the last four. You could end up anywhere away from home. So this it's an absolutely huge game. I I think there's a good chance they'll be beaten, but they'll leave with something and they know if they pick up a five pointer at home to cast, they'll be in the last eight, but they're gonna to have to go somewhere else. For Rassing, they're in this exact same exact same position. They know if they win, they're gonna win their last game and they're gonna to go to bring a team well, to they've Paris. Got Leicester away. Yeah, that's I would not, think I think if they deal. put themselves in a position where they win this weekend. Because mm. at some stage Rassing have in some ways like um, Exeter in the Premiership really targeted Europe this season. Now it hasn't gone so well for Exeter because Leicester were just too good for them. I think I just wonder at, at Racing ninety two or Racing, it is Racing ninety two now, isn't it? Yeah. That they're thinking, like we won the top fourteen championship two seasons ago. We need to win a, a Champions Cup, and that they're actually really targeting that now. I'd be surprised if they won at the weekend and went to Welford Road and lost. Yeah, I, I, I think Munster will definitely get something out of it. Um, and they're, they're a team that, that is never scared against anyone and irrespective of what a side like Racing has done to Claremont the previous week that doesn't matter to them Is it much um, more difficult to keep it tight in the conditions that they're going to be playing? Uh, yeah but like, I, I like don't To grind think, it out can I you go to Paris and grind it out on the 4G under the roof? I don't think they're all about grind anymore though you know like they've you look at that back line there's no point in having that back line unless you're going it to might use suit it them you know? their own yeah, game. I, I, I think they're mixing their game up really well these days um, I think um, I think the distribution of Scandal at 12 is a real plus because um, the contrast of Farrell bashing things up and getting them gain line although Scannell's not afraid of, of carrying on a gain line himself um, one of the best back rows in Europe for sure and Pete uh, Omani Stander and, and now Clute uh, um, the, the big question I think when you get to the knockout stages with Munster is their tight five is their tight five able to deal with the best and, and these are one of the better tight fives around they're enormous um, you know good scrummagers um, and um, big big men so can they can they deal with them I don't see why not. I think they'll certainly fancy their chances and at worst come away with a losing bonus point. Just want a brief word about Ulster before we go. Um, The situation at Ulster, it seems chaotic at the moment. It's like an amazing, important win. Everybody seems together and then they get absolutely annihilated. And then you look back at the win and there was a man sent off and actually maybe, you know, that wasn't going to happen unless that man got sent off. I just saw that today for the first time. Never a red card. Never a red card for me. I think the big thing has to be, yeah, like it's come into the concussions and head injuries and forced ahead. The initial point of contact is on the shoulder. And it slides up. And it slides up. And I think that's that's a mitigating circumstance. Yeah. There's so many and times that has to be brought stuff. into, um, for me anyway, I, I think I would feel hard done by because it, it looks like a great shot and then he does slip up. So there is a carelessness to that. It's funny, afterwards, Munster were like, yeah, no, it's a red card, it's fine. We've, we, you know, we've got to, he's got to be a bit more disciplined in his tackle the next time. That was the. That's interesting. <laughs> I think had it been their first red card of the season and there hadn't been so much of a focus on their overall discipline, they may well have taken a bit more of an aggrieved stance right. on that red card. But it kind of was coming on the back end of a whole series of 
flurry of cards, yellow and red, and Munster just kind of realised overall they had to get their house in order. Mm. No Darren Cave this week for uh, Ulster, Stuart McCluskey and Lou Ludic is the... the That's their preferred choice at um, for Europe. Um, when everyone's fit, um, they're going with, with McCluskey and, and Ludic. Ludic it's, is, is a regular in their team. A better defender. Um, he is a better defender. I think he's a he's a very nice footballer. Um, definitely a better defender, um, and has nice touches as well. Just goes about his business really well. I think he, he he kind of he's the glue in that back line. So and he'll certainly help his um, help his wingers out uh, as well. I think it's is it Gilroy and um, and Stockdale this yeah. week. Ulster, yeah. Ulster aren't out of this. No, not in the slightest. If if Ulster can beat Montpellier or uh, La Rochelle and um, and potentially deny them something they they, they have they go above they, them. sorry sorry they go above them and they have destiny in their own hands so the des- that's all you can ask for in round with with two rounds to go better situation in with one round to go um but cuz they do need to win both games but at home they'll fancy their chances against any team and then going to coventry against wasps needing a a victory um i i think they can do that, but that's a bigger, a much bigger ask for me than beating La Rochelle at home. They could do a little bit of a favour from Harlequins if they could just somehow fashion a bit of pride and do something against Wasps at the stoop, and that would just yeah focus the mind a bit more for Ulster. But that's if they beat La Rochelle. Yeah, looking at the Munster pack in particular, the Ulster pack, yeah. Like st- the standard players are Henderson and Rory Best, but Rory Best has played so little rugby this season, and the rest of the pack does not inspire confidence. I don't think La Rochelle are looking at that pack and thinking. There's no. no chance they're going to really best us. Rory Best looks as though he looks more tired when he plays in a, a white jersey than totally, he does in yeah. green. Yeah, he feels as though he's to take some mm. so much more on um, with with Ulster because they they haven't got too many go to guys. You look at guys; it's very hard to, to pick what that Ulster team is going to be. Their back row changes the whole time. Henry's yeah. on the bench this week. Henderson's in the second row. Yeah, you, you know, even with the props, he could be it could be. A different combination every other week. So Fano's on his way out, and they're getting uh, Donald from um, New Zealand. And you're kind of like, obviously, uh, it's beyond their control that they don't have a nailed-on ten at the moment. But like that is clearly something that they need to look forward, look to next summer to get players in who are going to be there and to have a settled lineup. And just to decide, let's kiss our coach or not. Like this, this uncertainty. Yeah. Like double down and go, let's kiss our, and we're giving them a contract, and that's the team that's going to be for the next three years well you would think if they were deciding that Les Kiss was going to be their coach they'd have come to that decision now are they hedging their bets and wonder, and keeping other options open knowing that Les is you know his favourable choice would be to stay on for another year or two yeah. years so um, I think they're probably still looking at what happens if they can get themselves out of Europe or out of the group stage into quarter final I think it'll go a long way towards a, a second contract for Les Kiss. I'm making the decision for him. Yeah, fair enough. All right, 53106, the text number here. If you want to get in touch, you can uh, tweet the show. We have the crappy quiz coming up next. Thanks, Ryan. Off the ball on News Talk in association with the Air Sport app, allowing you to cast your favourite sporting action from your tablet or mobile phone straight to your TV. 